Selection with Kyra, where you can get the real on today's hot topics. Well, welcome everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Vibe Selection. I am your host, Kyra. And on today's episode, I have a very special guest joining me today. I have tarot reader. I have communications consult. I have a publicist joining me today, Emily McGill. How are you doing, Emily? Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Kyra. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate being here. No problem. It's a pleasure. Now, you have so many credits to your name and you've been featured on many shows. You've been featured on the Tamara Hall show, to be exact. You've been in the New York Post. You've been in, featured in Thrive Global. And you have many credits to your name, including, you know, working on The Lion King, Aladdin, Raising in the Sun with Denzel Washington. Yeah. And, I mean, the list goes completely on about that. And on top of that, you're in the works of creating your own tarot deck called called um, the Playbill or the Broadway Tarot deck, excuse me. But you also do do uh, Playbill horoscopes, which I think is really <laughs> interesting and awesome too. Thank so. you so much. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a very eclectic set of interests that I've got over here. I love that though. You have to be eclectic. You have to be able to, you know, get your hands in many different pots nowadays, you know? Yeah. And, and to the, th- I think the thing I learned during the pandemic, you know, there was such a, a, and we're still in it, right? Like, but now we're getting to the point where it's two years in, how do we live life with this thing that is COVID that's here we don't see any end to it in sight. So how do we continue to move forward? And at the beginning of the pandemic, we saw this immediate sort of stop in everything that was happening in live entertainment and theater and life um, in movement and being out in the world. And there has been so much trauma and so much devastation. And also it's been such a gift. I don't know about anyone else, but for me, I was able to sit down and say, what do I want? What, how did I get to where I am? And is this actually what I want to do? Yes, absolutely. And I, I'm on, I'm the same way, you know, I actually started this podcast uh, during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I went to school for broadcasting, couldn't get my foot through the door because entertainment is so hard to get your foot through the door. There's so many people that want to be where you want to be. Mm-hmm. So you have to sometimes create your own avenue. So I said, yep. this podcast started. So, you know, there is a silver lining there. I think for, you know, the pandemic did create a lot of tragedy. A lot of people have passed, mm-hmm. you know, due to this pandemic, a lot of people have been left destitute. People didn't have money, no jobs, you know, people yeah. didn't, with no job, you have nowhere to live. So, you know, for a lot of people, it's been hard. And the fact that we're still trying to recover, you mm-hmm. know, people really at this point need a lot of guidance. So that's why I wanted to have you on today, especially mm-hmm. to talk about how tarot, which you specialize in now, can help people find their life's path. Because I think at this point, we really need to find a way, figure out how we're going to transition from this pandemic and how we're going to find a new way of living, mm-hmm. you know, because it's Absolutely. pretty much at this point, it's here to stay. So yes. Yeah. And I, you know, and I want to acknowledge, like I'm moving from a, a place of major privilege, right? Like I'm a white woman in America who has uh, parents that are able to help me in ways that allow me to have this pause in this moment and say, I'm not you know, fearful about having a place to live or a way to put food on the table. So I'm moving from a place of major, major privilege while I'm doing this. And I will say that 
within that, the tarot is something that I've used to sort of connect to myself and my deeper intuition. And, um, you know, the, the information that we hold in our, in our hearts and in our guts, it's always there, Mm -hmm. but sometimes we don't know how to make it that like translate into our heads. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I love about tarot. You know, it's like texting yourself a meme. You know what I mean? You're like, I love that. this is what I'm trying to say to you. Just heads up. This is where we're going. Exactly. You know, so it's like this idea of giving yourself like a visual information or a visual representation of something that you like, you know, in your core. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about your background and what started your love for entertainment? How did you become a Broadway publicist? I, um, I always knew I wanted to work in the theater from the time I was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. I knew that I wanted to be involved in the making of theater. I love the community part of it, the gathering, the collaboration, the storytelling, all of that coming together. Um, and I kind of only knew you could be a performer. Like I didn't really understand that there were other options and avenues to be involved. And, um, so I went to school for performing. I moved to New York. I auditioned for a year, but I I already knew that's not what I wanted to do. I just didn't know what my options were on like the business side of the business. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I, about a year into living here in New York, I started, um, just like talking to people when I was meeting them a little bit. And my brother was already a Broadway performer at that time. Mm-hmm. And one of the women who had been in casting and had cast him in one of the shows that he was in um, was at our, our apartment for a Tony Awards party. And we were talking and she had just moved into a producer's office. Oh. And I was like kind of asking her what she was doing, you know, and what that was like. I kind of always thought I wanted to be a producer. And I don't know what happened. It just blurted out. I was like, do you need an intern? <laughs> and she said, no, do you want to be one? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, cool, let's talk. And, you know, that summer I started like a really, it was not formalized. I was not a student. So I was not getting, you know, I was, I was free labor. And again, this is this privilege that I'm talking about. And, you know, like I had the ability to go in and do unpaid labor somewhere else to get a foot in the door so that I didn't, uh, you know, where I was working at a restaurant or at a shoe store or whatever I was doing at the time to supplement it, but I still had other resources that were supporting me. Mm-hmm. And like, this is one of the things in the theater industry we're working to dismantle, you know, this, this unpaid labor mm-hmm. that is the way people get in. Mm-hmm. And they work you so much. I mean, even with me going to school for broadcasting, it was like, okay, well, you know, you have to, you have to work, you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? You have to work to be able to survive. So if I'm already going to school to gain this knowledge and experience to be within this field, why do I have to do this labor for free? Especially Mm -hmm. when I'm already paying out of my pocket to go to school, to learn all of these, you know, tricks of the trade and getting all that knowledge too. And it's unfair. And it's like, how do you survive out here? Unless you have like a wealthy parent to support you, then Mm -hmm. what are your means? Right. And then for some people, they don't really know how to balance that all between work, school, and then trying to have a life on top of that. Absolutely. 
it's just a lot to ask for sometimes. Yes. Every day. It's far too much to ask for. So, you know, and this was not that long ago, you know, that was in 2000, I think eight is when I like really started Mm -hmm. in on it. And, you know, and, and the practices haven't changed so much and that's what we're working on right now. You know, how, how do we create new avenues of access where there's actually paid labor happening? So you're finding a lot of organizations, you know, pausing on their next season or their next festival to see how they can, you know, uh, completely reconsider everything, you know, yeah. and, and, and figure out how to move forward because that internship led to another internship that led to another internship. And all of a sudden I was a 25 year old intern. And I was like, I need a fucking job. <laughs> I heard that. Can I swear? I'm sorry. I should have yes, asked. No, yes, you can. I but I was like, I'm 25 and I'm an intern. And like, <laughs> I need a job. I can't keep working at a restaurant, you know, three days a week. And like you trying to have that pay my bills while you're paying me a hundred dollars in a stipend to pay for lunch all week. Like <laughs> <laughs> what good is that? Okay. It's not working. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And so the final internship I was at, I told them, I was like, listen, I'll get my work done for you. It will be done on time. It will, whatever you need, it will happen. I will also be leaving to go to interviews. Yeah. And I was just really upfront with my expectations about what I needed from them in order to make sure that their stuff got done too. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm not going to, I'm going to, if I'm going to not be able to do what I need to do, I'm going to resent you. And then I'm not going to do as good of a job on the projects that you're giving me. <laughs> Exactly. It's, it is, you know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And the thing is, is a lot of times they don't hire you for these internships right off the bat anyways. And if you are going to get hired, you really have to show and prove that you can do the job or more effectively than an employee that's already working there. You know, so I just think there are a lot of expectations. Yes. Yeah. Too many expectations. They're not realistic. That's not real life is that not everybody has parents that are able to afford to have a college fund for their children, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. so we have like this, you know, society where it's um, wealthy, you know, middle class, and then you have poor people. How do you think the ex- how do you think everybody is going to be able to, you know, make it, you know? Right. Well, so. Yeah. And that's why it's structured the way it is so that it, that doesn't happen. Right. Like that's the point of the whole system <laughs> is to keep the status quo in place. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I think it's, it's tapping into our own stuff and our own belief systems and, and seeing how there is misalignment within our own belief systems and the external systems that work in the world. Um, that's like the big work that's happening globally right now. Yes. And I love that. (laughs) So you said that you mentioned that on your journey to finding the magic from within yourself, it actually started when your grandmother passed away and you were seeing a therapist and mm-hmm. said that the magic with her, within her helped you to find things in yourself. You were able Absolutely. to deal with certain traumas that you had and you were able to find your love for tarot. So tell me a little bit about your relationship with your grandmother and how the loss of her actually really affected you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my grandmother and I were very close. Um, I... Uh, I spent a lot of time with her when I was a very small child. 
And um, <clears throat> she was like my primary caregiver when my, you know, my mom was in school, my dad was working. And so she was caring for me quite a bit. And so we were really, really close. And she was also a really complicated woman. You know, she was born during the depression and she grew up in um, a family that had a lot of trauma and a lot of historical trauma that then got passed along. So I had a really um, deep and good and beautiful and complicated relationship with her. And when she passed, I, you know, I was like, this is the time to start therapy. And of course I have a, there's a beautiful spoken word artist, Daniel J. Watts, who has a piece called the jam only child. And he talks about when you go into therapy, it's like, yeah, I'm looking for this bowling trophy that I want to talk to you about. There's this bowling trophy over here. And then the therapist is like, yeah, tell me about that Bob Marley record. Mm. Right. Cause it's like inviting someone else into the attic of your brain. Mm-hmm. And you're like, but I want to talk to you about that bowling trophy back there. And they're like, yeah, but let's figure out about this Bob Marley record first. Mm-hmm. And so it opened up so many other things. Mm-hmm. And every now and again, when I wasn't sure what to do with something or what direction to go or, you know, was, was confused about something, she'd say, why don't we pull a card? And that's how I started getting interested in tarot and like finding tarot was just pulling a card every now and again with her in her office. Wow. So, and, mm-hmm. go ahead. so when you started pulling the tarot, what were some of the things that initially were coming up in your card readings? Well, it was more about, um, you know, like, is there a specific action I should take or direction I should go? Right. Like it, it was kind of, um, like case by case in the moment I do remember. So we were using oftentimes the Osho Zen tarot deck. Mm-hmm. And, um, I do remember specifically one of the cards that I pulled early was slowing down mm-hmm. and it shows a tortoise. Um, and I think it's the, I think it's the Prince of coins in that deck, but I could be wrong. Um, and it's, it's just this idea of like, you don't have to move at warp speed all the time. Mm-hmm. So that was like a, one of the earliest ones that I remember specifically remember. Um, but after we'd been doing that for a while, I was looking for a daily practice just for myself that I could do. And she was like, why don't you start pulling a tarot card? And I was like, well, I don't have a deck. Like, you know, mm-hmm. she said, so download an app. Like there's an app for that. Like, duh, of course there's an app for that <laughs> app for everything. <laughs> I mean, so, um, I downloaded the app and you know, it's like 10 bucks, which is a lot of money for an app, but for a tarot deck is pretty, you know, uh, inexpensive. Um, and, um, you know, most tarot decks are running anywhere from like 25 to 50, a hundred, depending on how fancy the deck is, right. And how limited edition and all of that. But most of them, you know, you'll find in the 25 to $45 range. Mm -hmm. And so this felt like a, a, a much more accessible way in, you know? Um, so I downloaded the app and I started pulling a card every day on my phone. And that's really how I, I started reading was I started on my phone. (laughs) Who would have thunk? Right? 
but that's amazing. So for you, how did initially do it starting off with reading the tarot just to kind of help you, you know, deal with the loss of your grandmother lead to you wanting to do it professionally? It was a very slow and then fast journey, um, as it so often is, you know, it's like, it feels like we take forever to, to excavate and build the foundations. And then all of a sudden you like turn around and the building's gone up in three days, you know, or like, that's what it feels like. Um, but when I first started, um, on my phone, I was mostly doing it for myself. And then I started trying to read for other people and it was not easy on the phone. So I just kind of stopped. Um, and then before the pandemic started, I was gifted my first physical deck and that made it easier to read for other people. Mm -hmm. So I started doing that with some friends and then everything went online. So I started figuring out how do I do it online with friends? Mm -hmm. Um, and slowly but surely I started redoing more and more readings and doing readings for people that I didn't know and feeling like I was really making an impact for them. Mm -hmm. And that made me want to do more of it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so it really was a matter of helping people tap into their own intuition and their own inner voices and like what their gut is telling them. Um, because as I said, I like to see tarot as like a visual or a physical representation of what we hold within ourselves. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like the ultimate form of self-communication. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So how were you able to figure out how to interpret the tarot cards? Because I know that that's something for a lot of people that's challenging. And I actually just started doing tarot myself. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, it's so fun to do, but also sometimes I'm like, okay, like you could have a pentacles card and it doesn't have to necessarily mean money. You know what I'm saying? It could be in many different types of, you know, aspects. So for you, how were you able to figure out how to interpret the tarot cards that you were using? So I like to, um, of course, you know, I start with the fact that we've got a major arcana and a minor arcana, Mm -hmm. right? And so the major arcana, those are like our magic cards. So when they show up, we want to pay extra special attention to them. Mm -hmm. Um, We only have 22, right? And they're numbered zero to 21. We start with zero, the fool, the numberless number, right? This, this very first step on the soul's journey towards enlightenment, this like ready to take a leap. It's very naive, trusting, fresh energy. And then we follow those Roman numerals all the way up to the world to 21, that very whole healed, holy energy, if you will, right? Because the, the, the foundational meaning of holy is wholeness. Mm-hmm. And so we move into that energy and then we can trace this, that soul's journey from, you know, the magician and the education and the high priestess and the intuition into the empress and the emperor as the parents, the hierophant as the tradition and the priest and the sort of rigidity we get, right. We go into like, we get into the lovers and the chariot and we get like relationship and direction. The hermit brings us inside of ourselves. So we can see the journey. And when you start to sort of story, give it a storyline for yourself in the major arcana, that's how those sort of become helpful. And when you look at the numbers, you can see that it's a cycle, right? So you see that, you know, you get a certain ways into the cycle 
and you get, you know, halfway through, you have your wheel of fortune and you're, you know, it's like, you could be upside down. It's like the wheel of fortune just keeps going in circles that up and down cyclical, but it always comes back around, you know, and with the minor arcana, I think of it kind of like a traditional deck of playing cards, right? We have four suits, ACE through 10, and then we have our four court cards instead of three. And those are also cycles within themselves, right? They're smaller cycles, but those pip cards, um, well, first of all, the, you know, those four elements correspond to those four suits, mm-hmm. right? So we have our fire, that's our wands, that's our passion, our drive, our creativity, the stuff that gets you out of bed in the morning that lights up your spirit. Mm-hmm. You've got your cups, that's water, right? So we have feelings, emotions, intuition, mm-hmm. the, that unspoken, the things you like, I just, I know it. I don't know why I know it, but I know it. Mm-hmm. And we've got our swords or air. So that's anything that's like has to do with mental um, or the mind, communication, language, technology, knowledge, education, all things like that. Anything sort of mental and in the brain. And then we've got our pentacles or points or discs, and that's our earth. So that's our physical, our material, our manifest. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about it that way, it gives me a little bit more of a structure within my brain to sort of see which of the 78 cards go where? Because it's a lot of cards. Yes, it is. (laughs) You know? A lot of different meanings too. Yeah. And then the other part, of course, is the cards themselves, right? Depending on the deck that you're using, if it's based, usually anything that's based on the Rider Waite Smith deck created by Pamela Coleman Smith and drawn by her, um, it's a much more intuitive deck, right? So you'll see that the imagery matches the meaning of that card. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have much experience with a thought deck, so I don't know then, and those that are styled after that. So I don't really know about that. I do know that the French style, I think it's called Marseille mm-hmm. is, um, the pip cards look like playing cards. So you'll just see two pentacles on it. So when I'm using a deck like that, I will actually sort of like translate imagery in my brain and think about like what it looks like in a different deck that is a more illustrative deck. Yeah, that's that's a really good breakdown because like I said, it's it can be so complicated, but anybody can do it. Absolutely. Know? And the worst comes to worst, fucking type it into Google. You know what I mean? Like ask. <laughs> but if you're it's really not the end of the world. There's no reason to not know anything in this day and age anymore. But people I still mean. act like your brain falls out. I'm like, come on now, let's get it together. Just put it in your Google search engine. We're gonna work yeah. through this. Right. So, okay. <laughs> so either way. Exactly. <laughs> I still look stuff up this morning. I pulled the six of swords and I was like, is that the boat one or is that the wants? Like I always get those two confused in the imagery. And I'm like, is yeah. that the boat one? I couldn't remember. So I Googled it like straight up. When in doubt, Google. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what do you feel like are some of the biggest misconceptions? Some people have had or that you've worked with or that you feel like people have when it comes to tarot cards. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, there's the fear that tarot can instill, uh, especially in those with a religious upbringing or religious background. There's oftentimes, um, you know, the misnomer that it's the devil's work or it's Satan or, you know, it's worshiping. It's not any of those things at all. Right. Like it has nothing. And that was, that's a story that was like, even within my own family, you know, that I found out that there was like really 
dark beliefs around what tarot is. And I didn't know that. And I had already started reading, mm-hmm. you know, and then I learned that and I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say the other biggest is that it is a, a fortune telling or future telling tool, mm-hmm. which it is not. It is really about, like I said, communicating with yourself mm-hmm. and tapping into your own inner knowledge and your own intuition. Um, anytime you're doing anything that's like past, present, future, or like where you've come from, where you're headed, right? Anything that there, there might be a sort of like futuristic type of um, intention behind the card and the spread. Mm-hmm. I like to say and remind people that it is only one possibility. Mm-hmm. It's what could happen in the future and it, what perhaps you want to happen or don't want to happen, right? Or don't know that you want to happen or don't know that you don't want to happen, that it's deeper in there that has that information that hasn't made it from your gut to your head just yet. Mm-hmm. And you can always change what the cards say. Like if it's something that you're not too fond of in there, you always can change your path in life. Absolutely. A definitive of just because the cards say that doesn't mean that that is what has to happen. You can change your outcome. And yeah. then, you know, the thing for me also is what's so interesting is, and I know this is a touchy subject in regards to religion, but religion is based on, you know, paganism. And yes, it is versed in a lot of magic. Yep. I mean, when you're reading the Bible, essentially you're casting a spell. Yep. I mean, they use sage in the Bible as well when they were blessing the church before they would have service. I mean, and, it, and I mean, it even goes deeper than that to the cross that we use. That is a pagan symbolism mm-hmm. if you're a Christian, you know, and even some of the rituals that we do. Many drinking, of the rituals, you know, many the of the holidays. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, eating his flesh. If that's not a form of, you know, some yep. sort of ritual, honey, then I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's literally been right there in everybody. Yes, indeed. Ever. But people like to have blinders up about it. And I mean, what is a prophecy? A prophecy is just someone telling you what could, what's going on in your present. Or sometimes there's people that can be able to tell you what's going on in your future. So it's mm-hmm. no different from a prophecy is no different from speaking to a psychic or a medium or any of those people. And it's mm-hmm. okay. It's not something that's bad or should be shunned or looked down upon. It's not demonic because spiritual, I mean, religion uses it. Every religion yeah. is spirituality and some sort of magic. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just think this narrative just needs to die off. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, we're out here. Hopefully one person has had their mind uh, reconsider tarot. Yes, definitely. So before you got into tarot, I know you said your family was kind of like not really so really like keen on the whole tarot card reading thing. They thought it was kind of like demonic, if, if you say, if you will. I had learned after I started reading that um, I always knew that my grandfather, uh, my pap had passed young. He was like 49 when he died. And my mom told me that they were messing with tarot cards the night that he died. And so my aunt, my grandmother's sister, um, who was like, you know, everybody was very Catholic. I grew up very, very, very Catholic. Um, you know, it was like, the, and it was all the tarot cards because he had a heart attack. I mean, he just was gone like that. Mm-hmm. And 
so there I did, but I didn't know any of this. Mm-hmm. And then I was like talking about doing readings and stuff. And she was like, I kind of want one. <laughs> I was like, cool. Like, let's do Before that. I want to come out. Just ask her. <laughs> but like, she was like, I was like, why are you, why are you like kind of weird about it? And then she's like, started telling me this stuff. And I was like, oh shit. But wow. then, you know, I found out that, um, I guess that was, that was probably in like early 2020 that she told me that. Oh, so that was um, fairly recent. Yeah. And then during the fall of 2021, so, you know, just this past fall, um, one of my, my grandmother had a group of dear, her dearest, closest friends. They were essentially, you know, our chosen extended family. Mm-hmm. And um, so one of my aunts, you know, an aunt by affection, if you will, she was in in New York um, over the holidays and was giving me, she was like, I have something for you. I was like, oh, cool. And she's like showing me pictures of my grandparents. And she's like, I'm giving these to your mom. You can't have these. I was like, okay, no problem. She was like, but this, this is for you. And she pulled out a bag and I opened it and it was her mother's tarot deck from the 1970s. Wow. So there's a lot of family secrets here. I mean, I wonder what I burst into tears in the middle of the bar. Kyra, I was like in a bar, like a block and a half from Times Square, just sobbing. Like everybody's like, what's going on with this chick? And I'm like, (laughs) I'm just like, this is the most beautiful gift I've ever been given. Like losing it, Um, you know, but there it was really, you know, special to me that she was, um, you know, her mother was one of my grandmother's closest friends from the time they were 12 years old. And so to have her tarot deck, I was like, these girls were these women were buying me tarot decks in the 1970s. Like, thank you. And, you know, that was looked down upon back, especially in those times. No one was open with that type of stuff, really. Right. And I, and it, you know, it's in great condition. Wow. And so it was just like, it's so, you know, it was super surreal. So I was like, here we go. And that's like this, you know, it's, it's the same sort of side of my family. It's all on my mom's side. So, and then my dad's side, they're just kind of like, whatever. They were also very Catholic, but they're just like, whatever, mm-hmm. you know. So pretty much the whole family has been real deep into this stuff for a long time, but they were just kind of hiding it because probably like their religion, do you feel like it had to do with religious beliefs? But I think even what you're saying about like the magic and the spirituality in the religious practice, right. And like, there are definitely like folk beliefs and like old uh, beliefs that crept their way into that as well, you know, culturally and otherwise. Um, my, my mom's side of the family is all from like Eastern Europe and then like Lithuania and Transylvania. And, um, you know, there's some German and Italian in there too, but it's like, there's lots of like folk medicine and folk tales and beliefs and like ways of life that were integrated, as you were saying, when the church sort of started absorbing the pagans and trying to get everybody to convert to Christianity. And otherwise, like there was so much that was adopted in order to get those people to come in. And so, you know, the way that they would call to saints, the way that they would speak to, you know, I mean, any prayer, um, you know, praying before meals, um, I mean, my mom will like, there's like an Italian evil eye 
I don't know what it's actually called, but my mom always called it the Maloik. And like, she will throw that up at the Steelers game every Sunday when she's watching that ish, when the other team has the ball, or if we have the ball and they, their defense is like shown on the TV, like she'll get out her fingers and throw them at the TV. And I'm like, how do you not think this is like, how do you, how do you, you know, and they were kitchen witches. Come on. Every, every grandma or auntie or mama who is a like, kills it in the kitchen is a kitchen witch yeah you know and those that have their gardens outside that are you know like having their own gardening I mean you're a garden come on like it's just there it just is with their gnomes out there too right or whatever you're putting out there you know yeah like you know and and just the the way even you know adorning yourself the 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 glamour magic is real Mm-hmm. right it's all real mm-hmm. and yeah so uh so yeah I, I think there's and I think you know young folks today are finding community in places that are not religious organizations mm-hmm. for the most part and community is being reconsidered I think in a lot of ways and like how we create community and how we build community mm-hmm. um and there's such an importance on your own relationship to higher power. And I feel like that's the difference between spirituality and religion is that like the spirituality is like your relationship with your own highest power, however you choose to see it and define it, but actually choosing to have a relationship with it and like doing that work, mm-hmm. whatever that is for, for, you know, you, but then with religion that it's much more about, um, sort of like the community and like we do this as a as a collective versus as an individual choosing to become part of a collective I don't know no I definitely agree with with what you're saying and you know for a lot of people also that don't really want to adhere to religion anymore the one thing that I've noticed is that a lot of people that don't adhere to religion is that they feel like because they don't believe in organized religion, that they can't have a relationship with God. Yes. That was me for a long time. And the thing is, is that it makes you more vulnerable to spiritual attacks because we live in the world between with light and darkness, good and bad. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have with, with that connection to God, it gives you that spiritual protection that you need in mm. order to fight against that negativity that people don't really think about. So I tell people, yes, that's fine if you don't want to go to church or if you don't believe in religion. That's something mm-hmm. that's completely man-made. But have that connect- connection to higher self, to yeah. God. You know, because there's more there. I mean, really think about it. There's more than one God. There's gods. We all have gods within ourselves. Absolutely. But a lot of people don't think about it like that. But I think that that is something that I would say to a lot of people is if you don't have the connection to religion, that's fine. But make sure you build your connection with your higher self and with God. Yeah. That will protect you spiritually. And we need it, especially in the crazy world that we live in right now. Yes. There's so much happening right now. And everybody yes. needs love. Everybody needs protection. So that's the only way you're going to get it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> A word. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you feel like people can find their life's path using tarot? 
uh, it's really, it's tapping into yourself. It's tapping into, you know, if you're feeling like you're at a crossroads or maybe you're not sure what direction to go, or you, um, you know, you, you do know what you need to do, but you don't want to hear it. Sometimes it's helpful to hear it again in a different way. Um, and I'm a really big believer that, you know, I come from a theater background. I was a theater kid. So collaboration is really important to me. And so when I do a reading, it's very collaborative. So it's, you know, connecting and saying, this is what this card is saying to me in this moment, but like what from that is resonating for you. And we might find that the direction of the card meaning shifts a little bit in that moment when we realize how it does or doesn't resonate in that reading. Mm -hmm. Um, to like talk through it and be like, okay, well, why is it this card that came up? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So without further ado, let's get into some card reading. Card reading for me, y'all. So we're going to see what's going to come up for me. I'm very excited to do this. (laughs) Excellent. So today I'm using a deck that's called the wild unknown. Okay. Um, it's by an artist named Kim Kranz mm-hmm. and um, it's all animal imagery, which is one of the things I love about this deck. Okay. So we don't see any people in this. It's all animals. It's very earthy. Love it. When's your birthday? And November 7th. Uh-huh. Or we love a Scorpio. <laughs> People love to hate us, but I'm like, we're great people. My yeah. rising's in Scorpio, so I and um, <laughs> my son's in Cancer, so the water is just flowing. Yes, girl. <laughs> All right. So you said you wanted to do kind of like a general reading for yourself. Yes. There's nothing really specific you want to explore today. No. Just want to know what the cards have to say about me. Excellent. Excellent. All right. I'm going to give these one more shuffle and then you're going to cut them. And you are going to tell me when to stop. Okay. Stop. Great. Um, So one of my favorite three card pulls to do the spread is what will help you, mm-hmm. what will hinder you and what's your untapped or your unrealized potential. Okay. Sound good. Yes. Great. So this is what will help you. Okay. And we have the ACE of wands. Oh, okay. So our wands, remember that's our fire. That's our passion, our drive, our creativity, the stuff that lights us up, that gets us out of bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. And the ace is the one, right? So like, that's the beginning of the journey. That's like lighting the match, you know, uh, getting that spark uh, to kick the thing off. But this card is upside down. So it's inverted. And some people like to read inversions. Some people don't. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the tarot, it's totally a personal choice. Um, I do like to read them. I think there are a few different um, expressions or perspectives you can take on an inversion. Uh, one is that it is the internal expression of the card. So rather than being externally facing the world, um, it's about this could be about like what would help you is like 
really like finding out where your own sparks are mm-hmm. that don't have anything to do with anyone outside of you. You know, that's like really just yours. It's not a collaboration with your favorite collaborator. It's not, you know, something with your partner. It's not something with your bestie. It's not something with your sibling. It's not something with a parent or a child or anyone else, even your cat, right? Like this is like, this is just you and your spark. Mm. The other thing it could be is something that needs to be dropped from your life, which I don't think it is. Mm. Um, And then some people like to read it as like the negative expression of a card. I like to see every card holding the full expression of itself. So that's why that's not my favorite way to read them. Understandable. Okay. Let's see what that, that's the ace of wands. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got it. So does that, is that feel, but that in, is yes. it that internal expression? Does that feel like it is the one that resonates the most for you or like, what is this bringing up for you? For me, it's bringing up a lot of what should I do on a business sense for my podcast. Uh-huh. Um, it is what steps do I need to take to expand it a lot more? Should I get a partnership going with a business partner? Do I need to market with uh, using other people like collaborators to do things in order to expand it more? What should I do? So I'm kind of in that stage of just trying to figure out how to. Expand. Oh, and this is this. So this is t- telling you in, if you're trying to figure out how to expand, Mm-hmm. You need to go deep within. Okay. Find it. The answers are with the core, the core, like the light at the core of you is the answer to that. Okay. All right. That's good. That's good to know because that's been a burning question for the last actually week or so. so yeah. Now I well, so maybe, maybe this reading is like, actually we're here about the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like this isn't as general as you thought. Exactly. <laughs> Those cars, they're tricky. They're funny how they work. Mm, They never lie, right? They never lie. (laughs) Yeah, so what's going to help you is really like diving within yourself and thinking about what lights you up. Like what is the most important thing for Kyra? Mm -hmm. End of story. Yes, absolutely. And that's what it's it's about, you know? Figuring Mm -hmm. out where I need to be, my life's path. Am I on the path? Clearly I am, but... It's mm-hmm. looking within myself to really find a lot of those answers that I have questions to. And I have the answers mm-hmm. to go, like you said, deep in my core. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's see what's going to hinder you. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we have the four of pentacles. Okay. So remember our pentacles, that's our earth. That's our physical, our material, our manifest. Mm -hmm. And the four is oftentimes about structure and stability Mm -hmm. and like taking a moment to rest once you've had, uh, you've built a little structure and stability. But we can see here that these four are held together, while they are held together, Mm -hmm. it's a a pretty fine um, thread that's Mm -hmm. weaving them together, right? Like there's not a lot of stability yet in this structure. Yes. And that resonates a lot because at this time I'm like, you know, living in, in the Bay area. Um, I don't know if you know how expensive it is out here, but it is incredibly expensive mm-hmm. and, you know, you have to work a lot in order to, you know, set financially support yourself. So with, yeah. you know, me having to financially support myself and then try to financially fund the podcast and everything, mm-hmm. I'm like, I got to find other ways of making money, which yeah. I found it. 
But then also, I don't want to be burnt out at the same time. Right. Right. And it's like, where does the balance lie? And also you have to think about the, um, sometimes the four of pentacles can feel, uh, can be about like holding on too tight and having some scarcity mindset around, um, the resources that you have Mm -hmm. rather than having a sort of expansive, like, okay, well, planting this resource will help me. It will get, you know, and I tend that garden will give me fruit. So then we can plant another resource. Right. And like, then we keep tending those gardens and finding the fruit. And so like, there's that reminder here to use the tools you have available to you, utilize them responsibly, intelligently, and well, and they will continue to like fuel your garden and keep it growing. Okay. So keep hustling is what it's saying. (laughs) But like, but, but you said like, you got to be careful of the burnout. Like the balance part is a big part of it too. Like it's a, I mean, we can see here, it's, it's a little bit of a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, I don't know. I lost it, but it's, you know, it's, it's very, uh, precarious, right? The balance in this is a little precarious. Yeah. That's, yeah, I just got, I'll, I'll figure it all out. <laughs> totally. In the the stage of just like, oh my God, it's just so expensive. And how do I do it? Because no one shows you the ropes of like how to start your own podcast. Right. How to balance work life and not be burnt out and so tired because mm-hmm. it takes a lot of work to yes. be an entrepreneur and mm-hmm. constantly have to find means of financially supporting yourself. Yep. But there, like I said before, there is light at the end of the tunnel. So mm-hmm. I just need to go to my core once again. Yep. Well, right. Yeah. And your untapped potential. You ready for it? Yes, I am. We have that wheel of fortune, Ooh. which is our major arcana card and is halfway through the major arcana. So this is the 10 out of those 22 cards. So it's the 11th card, right? Cause we start with zero. So, um, and then Wheel of Fortune is all about the ups and downs of life and the ability to ride that wave and like, you know, keep, hold your balance no matter, again, the balance part, right? So funny. Hold your balance no matter where you are on the ride, right? It's like the closer you're able to get to the core, the less you spin. Mm-hmm. The eye of the hurricane thing, right? Like the core is the quiet part. Mm-hmm. And so when we can get to the court, uh, we can ride this sort of cycle and wave a little bit more easily mm-hmm. and keep our balance in it. Yes. So for me, <clears throat> what I like to do a lot of times is before bed, I like to talk to my my spirit guides, mm-hmm. get guidance on questions that I may have, like in regards to this particular topic, we're talking about my podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times I like to do it before bed because usually when I'm in the daytime, we're going about our days and sometimes we don't see the messages that our guides oftentimes give us. Mm-hmm. Distracted. So when you're sleeping, you're not distracted and you're able to actually understand those messages. Mm-hmm. So for me, what I need to do and I have not been doing is going to bed and talking before I go to bed, talk to my guides, then I'll be able to get the answers to these questions that I have mm-hmm. so that I can find what the answer is within my inner core. Cause they help me to bring out the answers from within my inner core. Right. It's another 
way of tapping into that intuition. Yeah. It's another modality. It's another tool that was available to us, just like the tarot. Yes, absolutely. Uh, these are great cards, though. Yes, <laughs> they, they are. Big message there that, like, girl, just don't bring yourself out. Like, <laughs> it's going to be okay. You have and to I think, is this, wait, no, it's this way, right? Yes. I get always get so confused with whatever damn app I'm on. If it's like whatever it is, I can't remember if it's left to right or mirrored or what. Um, but we can see all of them together, you know, for those that can see. And, and for those that can't, we have this beautiful, this ace of wands, which is upside down, but, but, you know, doesn't really look like it's one way or the other. And it sort of looks like a Harry Potter wand that's yes. like bursting with light around it. It's really bright at the center and comes out into yellows and oranges and like really deep reds. And it's beautiful. And there are flowers on the wand and like, we can see the power that's in that. Yeah. And that's, that's what will help you, Kyra. That's your own inner power, your own inner ability to like find that spark in yourself and like, let it blow everything out. Yeah. And then, you know, we have this four of pentacles, which is four coins that we can see that are bound together with different colored sort of like ties. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they are they're, they're taking up space and they're, they're taking up their room, but they are precarious in their balance and their, um, resources that we have to, you know, be responsible with and careful with and intelligent with, and not hold on to too tightly, um, and have a scarcity mindset around. And then we come in because that's, what's going to hinder you. Right. And then we come into the, the, our final, your untapped potential. And we see this beautiful, Card that has we've got the owl and the moon at the top it's very dark but at the bottom the sun is shining and we can see that it's a circle and a wheel made of all kinds of different natural sticks and there's some strings and who knows it could be spider webs like we can't really see what's <laughs> in there but leaves it's everything right and like those are all good things it's coming from nature and it's moving in its cyclical pattern you know and we have to have those cycles we have to have that we can't have the spring without the winter. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for that, Emily. I appreciate that. <laughs> and also people can get readings from you personally, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You can go either to my Instagram, which is Emily Ann MCG. That's Emily Ann Ann and E MCG. Um, or my website, Emily Entertainment.com, which is very long. I apologize. It's all good. (laughs) Now I have a question for you. Sure. With all we've discussed, do you feel like you found your life's path and your life's or your life's purpose? Shall I say? I'm, I'm think that that is a forever journey for me. My life's path, my life's path and life's purpose are always evolving. Mm-hmm. And always changing and always growing, whether I know it or not. Yeah. And um, there's been a lot of major shifting I've done over the last couple of years. So I'm just keep keep working towards it. Oh, still on the hunt. You know, <laughs> if you're still kicking and breathing, you're you're still on the hunt. <laughs> exactly, exactly. 
<laughs> so also you have your tarot decks that you're um, in the works of. So the Broadway tarot deck, when yes. can we expect the tarot deck to be out? And what was it, what went into the creation process of coming up with your own tarot deck? It is still very much in the creation process. Um, I have been utilizing the archetypes that we find in the tarot and sort of casting characters from the musical theater and Broadway canon um, into those archetypes. So you'll see that like the high priestess is all about intuition and listening to yourself and like going against the grain if you have to. And that's Alphaba from Wicked, if I've ever seen Wicked, right? Defying gravity, like I'm going to do my own thing and I'm going to do what I believe in. I'm going to listen to my intuition. So it's like taking characters that we know and love and then helping people see that those characters are also living sort of these archetypes of these cards. Oh, that's wonderful. I cannot wait to get my hands on this deck. So are you going to be selling them on your website or can anybody get them in the stores eventually when they, when it's released? I hope so. I'm in talks with some uh, publishers, so we'll see what happens. It's still pretty, pretty early in the stage, but, um, but the process is in motion. Wonderful. Well, I want to thank you so much, Emily, for joining me on the vibe selection. It's been so much fun vibing out with you today. Thank you, Kyra. This has been a blast. Yes. And then uh, once again, let everybody know where they can connect with you on your social media handles and your website. Yes. My website is emilymcgillentertainment.com. And my Instagram is emilyannemcg. And you can, I mean, everywhere it's at emilyannemcg. I'm, I'm tr- I tried to be like a, uh, uh, streamlined in that. <laughs> But Instagram is pretty much the only thing I use. Yes. Well, for everyone else, I want to thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Vibe Selection. I'm your host, Kyra. And if you'd like to support the Vibe Selection podcast, you can do so at www.patreon.com slash Vibe Selection. Or if you like some Vibe Selection merch, you can get that at www.teespring.com slash Vibe Selection. Make sure you like and subscribe to my YouTube channel and comment below if you have some comments or concerns about this topic that we're talking about today. I know we did hit on a few little touchy things, mm-hmm. but I'd like to know all of your thoughts. And you can also follow me on Instagram at I am Kyra Mahoney. Once again, I'm your host, Kyra, and I'll see you all next week. Stay safe, stay healthy out there. Bye. selection with Kyra. Come vibe out with us again next time and hear the latest on today's hot topics. Find us on Instagram at I am Kyra Mahoney or donate at www.patreon.com slash vibe selection.